This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I want a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Hmm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. All right, we have one last one, I think, yeah. right? Grace Ann Parks from Brooklyn. Let's hear what she has to say. Me and my friends go to this bar every Thursday, and it's become like a sentimental place for us. The staff knows us, we know them, but there's one bartender in particular who I have a massive crush on. We just have like the best conversations, and I want to tell him that I like him, but if it backfires, I won't want to go there anymore. Am I overthinking it? Is he just being nice? I need advice. This is hard when you kind of have a crush on somebody in your place, your territory. So initially, I want to say, don't crap where you eat. 
You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you're, by the way, your sayings are on yeah. fire. Yeah, you know, I just want to say don't crap or eat. But she's in Brooklyn, right? So there's, there's, there's a million water holes to go to. So shoot your shot. Go for it. If it works out, amazing. Great story. If it doesn't, you guys can go get drunk yeah. somewhere else. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Bachelor Clues. This is Dark Seeker. As many of you may know, Pace Case is on vacation, gallivanting around the world, bringing us fantastic social media from very important sacred locations around our globe, including the dumping bench where Nate Mitchell was dumped unceremoniously by Gabby Wendy in this past season of Bachelorette Season 19 in Amsterdam. So we wish her well. We're awaiting her return. But we hope she's having fun out there. And today it's going to be me and Grace Ann Parks, the Dark Seeker, holding down Twibbon this week in Bachelor Nation. All those tids, all those screams, all those parasocial plays, all those gains, all those creatures. And before we get to any of that, though, we do have some business up top. Right now, you can pick up your official Sauce Wars merch designed by the brilliant Ella Tolkien, who did our 4TRR shirt, who did our Welcome to the Pit design with me and Pace Case as characters sitting on thrones in a pit with all of the various accoutrements of the pit. I'm in there too. Dark Seeker is in there, yeah? Yeah. I have my little like uh, stick that I'm holding. As are the Dark Seasons that you sought the- for us. Correct, yes. At this point, what would that have been about two years ago? Something like that? Oh my gosh, yeah. 2020. But you can pick from five different colors and proudly rep which side of the sauce wars you're on. Hopefully, you're on the side of tea. I can't imagine anybody in the pit is on the sauce side of the sauce wars. That'd be interesting if they were. I'd, I'd want to have a talk with them. Yeah, I don't think it's possible. But you can get all of that. There's a link in our bio that will take you to gameofroses.co where you can get any of these things and proudly represent uh, at your viewing parties. And now we're going to move into a brief discussion, as we always do, about the state of the game. Game Game of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. Today we want to talk a little bit about something that Pace Case and I, a term we coined at this point years ago, called gorification. This is a term that we use to describe the influence that this program, our writing, our discussions about our beloved game, the influence that these things have on the game itself. And very early on, we discussed coming up with a lexicon, a list of terms to describe things that we see happening in the game. And our hope was that that lexicon would be sucked up into the game and used by producers. And indeed, now uh, much of that is true. But the glorification of the game continues in other ways. The clip you heard to open this show is one of those examples. That was the Dark Seeker, Grace Ann Parks, going on network television to have a surrogate conversation with Tyler Cameron about dating. (laughs) Dark Seeker, please tell us about this experience. Absolutely. So usually, uh, no, not usually, always, I round up all of the parasocial plays, news, all that kind of stuff that goes into This Week in Bachelor Nation. I put it all in a document for Clues and Pace Case. And the other week, I was putting together like a Bachelor Nation uh, at New York Fashion Week. And I realized I couldn't find Tyler Cameron, like a picture of him even. And I'm like, he had to have been there. So I googled Tyler Cameron New York Fashion Week 
And I went to the second page of Google results, which I never do. I don't think anybody ever really goes to the second page of search results for anything. And that is where I saw a call out from the Today Show that's like, are you having trouble with love? Do you want um, a former bachelor? They said like bachelor, which was weird. They were like, because I guess he technically was a bachelor on Hannah Brown season. They were all bachelors. Um, They were like, and do you want a former bachelor, Tyler Cameron, to help you with your dating problems? And I immediately clicked on it. I thought, oh, this is probably like months ago. They probably already did it. Nope. Um, Basically, it was a call out. They were like, send us your dating dilemma and uh, for a chance for Tyler, Hoda, and Jenna to see it. So (laughs) I immediately made something up. And that's something I do need to preface. That story is completely made up. There are so many people calling me now, texting me, people from high school messaging me on Twitter. I don't even know. They're like, so who's the bartender? Guys, Mm -hmm. the bartender doesn't exist. This was all made up. I know that must be very shocking, but originally when I got the call from a Today Show producer, um, I wanted to pitch the story by saying that the bar was called The Pit so I could at least get The Pit to come out of Tyler Cameron's mouth. And I, you know, sent her the little video. She asked me to just do a 30-second video and clues you were actually the one that was like make sure you say it twice and in this specific order because you were like there's neuro-linguistic programming involved in this (laughs) and I was like okay okay so I said it like at the specific times that you mentioned Uh and I sent it to her I didn't hear anything for a day and so I was like okay we we got it and I was of course adorned in gore merch and everything And then the next day comes around and she's like, hey, so the team loved it. But one thing, can you take uh, the the name of the bar out, the pit? And I was like, dang it. So I call Clues and I'm like, hey, they want me to take the pit out. And I was like, do you have any other like last minute ideas? Because I was coming up on the deadline. And so (laughs) Clues, you thought of this. You said, "Uh, why don't you say... The bartender even lets me practice hoojus on him. And Tyler knows what that means because, as you may know, Tyler Cameron has used the word hooju in uh, an E! News interview. And so I snuck that one in there in the new recording and I said, the bartender even lets me hooju him. Tyler, you know what that's all about. And then I went on with the story. Of course, I get another note. Hey, could you take out the hooju part? Because I don't think we'll have time for Tyler to explain that. So I was like, okay, fine. So I adorned myself in in as much gore merch as I could, wearing, you know, my Vera meat necklaces, uh, sauce wear shirt. I had How to Win the Bachelor in the background. And then I recorded that. And that finally made the cut. But man, I tried so hard to get parts of our, like, just any words of our lexicon in there, but unfortunately they cut it out. But that clip, I have never been reached out to so many times being like, Mm -hmm. first of all, so many people thought it was real. And I'm just like, really? Like, who knows? 
And so many people recognized me. It was just, it was very interesting. And also, uh, you know, Tyler's advice, I think it was solid. But we, yeah, we we got on the Today Show and I at least represented Gore with my merch that was showing. Yeah, it was fantastic. I can't thank you enough for your service to the pit. This was um, an astounding moment in for us, I think, at Gore to have representation on the Today Show, which is obviously a big piece of our beloved game. It's sometimes where they announce Bachelorettes. Claire Crawley was announced. Or was that, that was Good, Good Morning, Morning America. America? Sorry. All of these morning shows kind of run together for me. But, um, <laughs> you know, the, it is a big piece of our beloved game. These are the secondary tier of coverage outlets that talk about our players that have them on, like Tyler Cameron, to give dating advice or whatever to promote their shit. And yeah. so I feel like this is an important next step for us. And it's not the last step in terms of the, the continued glorification of our beloved game. Like we said, they're already using Huju. We've got Ashley Ayakinetti. When she was talking about the upcoming season of Bachelor in Paradise that is now airing, she used the term first sand on her podcast, Almost Famous, which is a term we coined to describe the, the title given to the first players who touch sand, first male and female sand. First sand is always a woman. But of course... Right. But of course, she thought it was the entire OG cast was considered first sand. And listen, honest mistake. We're just glad she used it. But obviously, it does not mean the entire cast of Bachelor in Paradise. And we also have the Today Show naming us one of the seven best Bachelor podcasts. Thank you, Today Show, for this great honor. I do feel like we're we're going into year three of Game of Roses. And I do feel like we are gaining more influence over not only the game itself, but the world of the the coverage of the game, but also the game itself. We've got season 27 Ooh, currently underway. Yes. Currently shooting right now here in Los Angeles. At least that's where they are for now. They have not gone into the domestic or inter- international travel rounds just yet. They're shooting week one right now as we speak. Week one is wrapping up. The first one-on-ones, the first group dates have begun. Night one obviously has happened. And a certain amount of players have survived the culling. But let's just say season 27, without revealing too much, is going to be glorified. I think I can leave it at that. But I just want to also thank everyone listening. Everybody in the pit who has been here with us, potentially since that fateful episode so long ago, when it was just me and Lizzie sitting on my couch, Recording into a handheld recorder, <laughs> our marijuana laced thoughts of Hannah Brown's Bachelorette season 15, episode six. That's when we started the show, just right in the middle of that season. <laughs> no rhyme or reason. We were just like, <laughs> fuck it, let's do it. But now we've come this far where we've got Dark Seeker on the Today Show, where we've got uh, Tyler Cameron talking about Who Juice, and where we've got some incredible stuff planned in season 27 and beyond. Um, so once again, thanks to everybody who listens to this show and continues to listen to it, continues to watch our beloved game. Cause I know sometimes that gets rough and it has gotten very rough in these past couple of years. We know <laughs> sometimes it's just rough and I see the comments. Trust me, you guys, I see all of you being like, I barely made it through this season, but I'm doing it for yeah. y'all so that I can listen to your podcast. But I think good times are ahead. I truly believe that. I think this season of Paradise is going to be pretty fun. You do? Yeah, I do. 
You just were telling me before we recorded it how sad you were. I, well, for a very specific reason, which I'll get to in my screams. All but right. I am saying that <laughs> we're already seeing some very interesting stuff coming out of Kira Mengistu. I'm very curious to see if she can continue this, uh, what we, we call in professional wrestling, the heel turn, where you're playing an active, purposeful villain. I'm very curious to see if she can keep it going and how it's going to affect her Instagram and her social media status, which we're going to get to uh, in our next section, which begins right now. This is... This Week in Games. We begin our gains segment as we begin it every week by discussing the ratings of our beloved game. The first installment of the new season of Bachelor in Paradise pulled in a 0.65 this week, which was down about 20% from last season's opener with 2.6 million overall viewers down about 7% from last season. Our beloved game turned in a second place performance, getting beat for the top Tuesday night number by The Voice on NBC with a 0.67 in the demo and over double the raw viewers at 5.79 million. Across the rest of the crumbling network landscape, <laughs> FBI on CBS and The Resident on Fox were in the third and fourth positions on Tuesday. And bringing up the rear was the CW's presentation of Leonardo, which pulled in a 0.0 in the demo with 370,000 raw viewers. I simply don't understand this. What is that model? How are they making any money off of this? If they're pulling in a 0.0, I don't like, can you still charge advertisers? I don't know. I, I mean, the CW to me really is the canary in the coal mine. When it goes under, it's like the rest of the networks will, will be next. But also, I think it is important that we do bring up like the reason that they do promote and stream on Hulu so much is because I'm assuming the majority of the people who are like watching are now streaming it and we don't mm. have those numbers. And a lot of people are always like, why do you guys never talk about Hulu or like all the streaming numbers? One, because we don't have them. Uh, they th That's something that like, I believe all the streaming networks keep to themselves. Mm. They don't like release that information. But um, I think like there's gotta be more viewers on the streaming side for them to keep like, yeah, like... But I'm talking about network television. The the Hulu viewers, I don't know the intricacies of the deals that these companies make, but Warner Brothers owns the show. So it has a deal with ABC to present it on network television. Right. And they get a certain amount of the ad revenue. Generally, that's how those deals work. Again, I don't know exactly how that deal works between Warner Brothers and ABC, but ABC basically pays Warner Brothers a cut of the advertising so that they can then uh, present it on ABC, the network itself. And then they make the bulk of the advertising rate. Warner Brothers can also make these other deals with people. Like when you see a season 13 showing up on Netflix. Right, yeah. Netflix is paying Warner Brothers an amount of money to put that up for X amount of time. Same thing with Hulu. For Hulu to be able to uh, stream the show the day after, or, or I don't know what the time difference is. I guess if you have Hulu Live, maybe it's same as... For them to be able to do that, there's an amount of money that Hulu pays directly to Warner Brothers. And obviously, there are different Hulu packages, ones with commercials, ones without. So that's another way Hulu can make revenue off of uh, that stuff. It's not just subscription model. It's also ad revenue. But network television only makes money off of ad revenue. There's no other thing that they make money off of. You're saying not one thing has changed with the rise of streaming and like 
network television go like again let's say bachelor in paradise it goes on hulu the next day and they Mm. obviously have like this partnership with abc so you're saying like there is no money being made i don't i don't know what the deal is that's what i'm saying but traditionally networks make their money from the ad revenue right you see a commercial in a tv show Whatever company, let's say it's a McDonald's commercial, McDonald's has paid ABC X amount of dollars to air this ad, which runs for this amount of time during whatever show they're buying it in. And you can even buy certain time slots at the beginning or the end or the middle or whatever. It's kind of like podcasts in that way. But those ad rates, the amount of money they have to pay to have that ad run in the show is based on these ratings we're talking about, these Nielsen ratings. So that like the the point fives and stuff, the point six fives that we're talking about, that is their market share of the eighteen to forty nine year old demographic. Then the raw viewer number is the two point six million or, or whatever. Right. That's a whole different thing. I do think though that the reason why, even though the Nielsen Raider ratings are going down and it's still on the air, has to do with whatever numbers they're making on streaming, like. It's got to be so good. I don't think so. Why not? Because then they would just take it and move it to streaming. ABC is the only one making money, again, generally speaking. I don't know the specifics of the deal, but ABC is the only one making money off of the commercials they're putting during the airing of it, like on broadcast network television, which also goes through YouTube TV. I think... That eventually, I mean, all the networks now are owned by bigger companies. They all have parent right. companies. Like ABC is owned by Disney. NBC is Universal, which is Vivendi, an even bigger multinational conglomerate that fucks yeah. with all kinds of fucking media, video games and whatever, um, so on and so forth. So ABC, the network, is just a company within a larger company. And eventually that company will become insolvent. It will not be able to make money because no one will be watching it. Your ratings will be so low. Like like I'm saying, I don't know how you charge ad money on the CW for Leonardo with a 0.0. What is that ad rate? You know, is that $10? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't even know. It's insane. Maybe we could advertise on Leonardo. It's possible. And, and maybe they're just folded into some bigger advertising deal where it's like... That's what I feel like it is. I I don't know. But these numbers keep going down every season. But nothing happens even though they're going down. That's what I'm saying. No, but something is happening. We just don't know what it is. Something is happening for sure because the money that's coming in from these ad rates has to be dwindling now. If that number goes down, that means you got to start firing people in different departments of the network. (laughs) And once those... You know, once you can kind of see like, oh shit... What happened to Jimmy? He's been here for 20 years. Oh, they let him go. Why? Oh, Jimmy. The budgets are getting tight. You know, (laughs) it's like, fuck, maybe I'm next. Eventually, all network TV goes bye-bye. But for now, these are still the numbers. And all we can really do is compare them to last season and try to derive meaning from that. They are down, as I said, about 20% from last season. But also, the meaning in this may just be that network TV is you know, one more season closer to death. I mean, yes, network TV is dying. Like, we've already established that. I guess it's just the win. Uh, If they're just going to wait until all their shows go to a 0.0 Nielsen rating or something. I think so. And then they move to streaming, the ones that seem successful. And so for Bachelor, 
as we've said many times, Warner Brothers owns that show. It will very likely go to the Warner Brothers streaming platform, which is now HBO Max, HBO Max, Discovery Plus, Super Channel, whatever the fuck they're calling it. They're kind of in a they're kind of mixed up, I think, uh, in terms of what that is going to be. I know there have been a lot of firings at HBO and or at HBO Max, I should say. Like HBO Max original programming now, I think is like gone and they're keeping <gasps> HBO as the the thing that will feed that original programming. They used to be two separate things. Oh, so but uh, HBO Max. Like there's HBO Max originals, but then there's like HBO shows, you know, like House of the Dragon right, is not right, right. an HBO Max original. It's just like an HBO show that okay. airs on HBO Max. And again, this is as fucking convoluted as it gets as well, because I don't know which company owns which and there's a merger and all this shit. But at any rate, those are the ratings for the premiere of Bachelor Paradise Season 8. Now let's move on to the top five Instagram gains of our rookies this season in Bachelor in Paradise. This is pretty staggering stuff. We're going to get to some some numbers at the end of this that I think are interesting as well. But let's just go down. Here we go. The gold medal in gains this week goes to... Serene Russell. She gained 3,100 followers this week for her first sand placement and subsequent pursuit of hot commodity Brandon Jones, which landed her at 56.8K total followers. For what I believe is the first in the history of our Instagram tracking, we have a three-way tie for second place. The silver medal in gains goes to Michael Alio, Genevieve Parisi, and Brandon Jones, who all packed on 2,000 new followers this week for their endeavors on sand. And since we have no third and fourth place uh, medals because of the three-way tie, fifth place in gains goes to Tarzan himself, Jacob Rapini. He put on 1,642 new followers this week for his voluntary nudity play and first kiss of paradise with Shanae Angney, bringing him to a staggering 5,334 total Instagram followers. That is so staggering. Oh, it's giving staggering. It's staggering in, in some way. <laughs> it totally is. Now let's move on to the top five total Instagram chart as of September 29th, 2022. Victoria Fuller sits at the top of the mountain with 580,000 Instagram followers, which is the biggest number of any player we'll see coming to sand all season. A far cry from last year's cast, which included multiple incoming million club players like the demigod, Tierra Booth, and the only Tropical Royale in history, Becca Kufrin. And of course, Grocery Store <laughs> joined the Million Club after his season finished airing. Next in the top five total Instagram chart is Andrew Spencer. He's in second place at 307K. Michael Olio has 267K. And then we got Lace Morris or Loose, as Logan likes to call her, in fourth place with 245K. And rounding out the top five is Brandon Jones at 190K. Now, if these numbers seem low, it's because they are. The average Instagram follower count of incoming players in the first episode of BIP season seven was 178.3 thousand. This season, that average has fallen to 103.3K. That is a 43% drop from the incoming crop of players last season. And the average gain from the first week of last season was 2,542. This season, that has fallen to 868, a 66% drop. Bruh. I don't know exactly what to make of this, what the analysis truly is, except 
perhaps to say that I, I don't think, as you were saying, I don't think the ratings are necessarily indicative of how many people are watching the show. I think right. that number is like probably pretty much the same. Yes. I think this is more about the casting of the most recent few seasons has not produced a star player. We are waiting for something like that to come out of the show again. And I don't think it is certainly not on Bachelor at 19 because we don't know any of these fucking players. Even the next Bachelor, Zach Shawcross, which we'll get to in a play later no. by Caitlin Bristow. No one wants this fucking guy as the Bachelor. Uh, he's uninteresting. And so people don't follow a person like that on Instagram. And I think we're just seeing the results of that, that yeah. this entire crop of incoming rookies, you know, I talked about in the recap, the, the surprise player at the end of Bachelor in Paradise season seven, episode one was Demi Burnett. This is a yeah. million club member. This is a superstar uh, comes in to shake shit up. This time it's Victoria Fuller. And again, she's your your biggest Instagram following, yep. but only at 580. Okay, I mean, it, it just ain't a Demi Burnett. And if that's the anchor, if that's your fucking all-star player that you're trying to build a whole season yeah. around, it's just not the same. No. Nope. It's just not the same. And now you're also looking at people like fucking Rapini, <laughs> who's got 5,000 followers and you're... you're Centering so much around him. Like, I'm sorry, but he should not be, he should not be in the top five. Like, if this was any other season of Paradise, it, he he just should not be there. Like, it should be way better and bigger than this. And it's it's not. It may get there, though. I do, as I said, I think by the end of this season, you're going to see some very interesting stuff from Kira Mengistu. I think you're going to see some very interesting stuff from Shanae Ankney. I do think there are going to be big plays. And I'm, just I'm so curious to watch what happens to these players' Instagrams because I do think there is possibility for massive gain if they play their fucking cards right. And especially with this season having, even, like, I mean, they ordered more episodes than they ever have yeah. for Bachelor in Paradise this season. And so that means more screen time because we're going, and this is a reminder to the pit, uh, Bachelor in Paradise will now be airing Monday and Tuesday. And so we're getting four hours every week of Bachelor in Paradise. And if their Instagram followers don't go up after all of this screen time, then then it's it's gonna be it's not gonna be good. But I think it will. I I I agree. More screen time, more followers. Yeah. I mean, ABC effectively is just going to be the Bachelor network <laughs> for the next month or so. That's yes. Yeah. We can't wait to see it. But let's move on to that other social media platform that's taking the world by storm, TikTok. These are the top five TikTok charts from, again, September 29th, 2022. The top five are, in this order, Brittany Galvin in first place with 123.7K. Victoria Fuller with 112K. Andrew Spencer has 80.5,000. Justin Glaze is at fourth with 35.8K. And rounding out the top five, it is the uninformed Haley Mullis <laughs> at 31.2K. So at least I guess she's she's doing something right on TikTok to be in company with Justin Glaze, the forgotten one, Andrew Spencer, yes. Victoria Fuller, and Brittany Galvin. But uh, still, I do not like her play. I don't either. Talking about how Lace Morris is like unimportant. Who is she? Blah, blah, blah. And it was disrespectful. Like, d- listen, you got to put respect on my girl Luce's name. You know, I agree with you. But now let's move on to that portion of our program in which we discuss all of those luscious tids. This is 
Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, a relatively new but nonetheless annual tradition that comes with the start of any new season has begun. The producers have released the names and photographs of the potential incoming rookies for Zach Shawcross's upcoming Bachelor Season 27. We theorize that producers have started to do this in the week before shooting begins to give the fourth audience a chance to do deep vetting of incoming players. And this season, the fourth audience has once again proven they are better at background checks than the producers, as they quickly uncovered an old Facebook post from Vanessa Esparzen, in which the rookie hopeful blamed the victim of Brock Turner's nationally publicized 2015 rape case. Reality Steve reported that Esparzen has since been removed from the player pool following the revelation of her post on Reddit, Season 27 is now shooting, so it appears that perhaps Esparzen was the only incoming rookie who was eliminated before the season began. We will have social media breakdowns of all other incoming players in the weeks leading up to the premiere on the first Monday in January. And also, for uh, the people who saw the TikTok of my mom reacting to all the players on Windekia, I'm actually home now, and we will be. She will give her reactions to all of these mm. incoming rookies. So look forward to that on TikTok. Interesting. Now, the producers have started to do this over the past couple of seasons where they put out all the incoming rookies the week before they start shooting. Is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? It, it does seem that they catch some people and some stuff here. I mean, they this would have been, let's say that uh, this player, Esparzen, Vanessa Esparzen, let's say that she would have gone into the show and made a deep run. Let's say she even becomes a ring winner. Then they have to contend with this Brock Turner post at that time. (sighs) Yeah. They did, I think, save themselves here from potential peril. But it also shows how obviously lazy casting is. I don't know. That's not a good look. Like the fact that a bunch of people on Reddit and also that post, like it wasn't hard to find. Like, just a few scrolls down totally. and it's there. It, it wasn't like like some it wasn't like me finding the dark seasons. Let's just put it that way. Like the fact that it was so easy to find, it's like casting is just lazy. And I don't think that's a good look. It's like, why don't you care about your lead more? Why don't you want to find the best people? They yeah, I mean I think that's a part of it, but also there is a an amount of volume. They are dealing with around 40 people. And these initial casting pools, once they right. whittle them down and they're like, these people could all be on the show. Now let's mix and match and whatever till they get down to their like roughly 30. Is this, I, I think it's like an interesting tool, honestly. I think it's the producer saying like, people yeah. in Reddit, like people in the fourth audience will find this shit out. Let's let them fucking do it. I do think it's a tool they have at their disposal and they are using it correctly. I think, especially in this case. This is like something that could have blown up a whole fucking season and it didn't. She's not going to be in the show now. So it can't have that opportunity, you know? That said, I also think it's kind of like, (laughs) you know, people are doing free work for them. That's a little shitty. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, that's at least pay the Redditors. I mean, geez. Right. Should they start offering bounties for problematic posts from people's past? <laughs> Bounty? You get you get to host a group date if you can find the Brock Ooh. Turner apology post. You get to show up at the uh, after the final rose to present whatever the problematic tweets are that somebody's going to have to answer for. Yes. Something like that. Something I don't know, like but I, I have mixed feelings about it as well because on the one hand, I'm like a big complaint that a lot of people have about the show is Almost every season, there's somebody with some problematic shit in some yeah. old tweet or Instagram post or whatever. 
And this is a way to help curb that. They are actively attempt. I mean, I, I think the only reason they're putting out these rookies a week before they start shooting is exactly for shit like this. It's to say, hey, if you yeah. can find anything about these people, we'll get rid of them. That's basically the the implication of the early release. But it is just fascinating as we now know how thorough the background checks are. We know they have a social media person now that like goes through posts with them before mm-hmm. they even are like casted technically on the show. So it's like, do, do they hire new people? Like, I don't, I don't know. They aren't doing their jobs. I know. I get that argument, but I'm also saying like, I think this is a way they can do their job. Oh, that's yeah. I just don't see how they're going to be able to find everything. Like whatever amount of people they have on this job to go through people's old social media and all this shit and try to find whatever they're going to try to find. They will never have as many people exist online that are super fans of the show that are willing to do deep dives for fucking pleasure. Basically, you know, they're never going to have that amount of labor, that that size of a workforce doing this. So why not outsource it if you can? I, I feel like overall, this is actually a good thing to do. And it does help get at the the problem of having people wind up making it very far in the game and then some fucking crazy bullshit yeah. comes out that they have yeah. to answer for and the whole season gets fucking torn apart. It's it really happened this this past season in Bachelor at 19 with Zach Shawcross and the blackface photo <sighs> and the or not Zach Shawcross, sorry Eric Shore. Oh no. Oh no, don't put that on Zach now. All of a sudden, Zach. I still can't fucking remember. I swear to Christ, I'm going to be calling him Eric Sure well into his season. I can't help it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time. And I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body shield and it can all be used with any of their other products which are free from over 1500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red irritated or itchy their products are safe for sensitive skin it's just one of the reasons they've earned the skin safe seal of approval you gotta keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that i've got going on 
And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. But anyway, let's move on. The next piece of Bachelor Nation news is a very serious one. Controversial Bachelorette Season 13 and BIP Season 4 player Demario Jackson is facing some incredibly serious allegations. On Tuesday, two Jane Doe's filed a complaint against Jackson in Los Angeles County Superior Court alleging that Jackson sexually assaulted them. In the legal document, both women claim they separately went on dates with Jackson that ended with him forcing them into non-consensual sex. Both Jane Doe 1 and 2 subsequently reported their alleged assaults to the Rape Treatment Center at UCLA Santa Monica Medical Center. The allegations brought against him are completely unfounded, Jackson's attorney Walter Mosley wrote in a statement to the Times. As the plaintiff's own complaint clearly states, the police, who DeMario fully cooperated with over three years ago, found these women's accusations to have no merit and then refused to pursue the matter. In the days to come, we will release the evidence we shared with the police at the time of the alleged incidents. Unfortunately, DeMario and I will have to take up this fight again to clear his name. Like before, we will have the same name-clearing result. Jackson's attorney is making reference to the allegation that he sexually assaulted Corinne Olympios on Bachelor in Paradise Season 4, which is found to have no merit after an after an investigation by Warner Brothers. There are detailed accounts of the events in question from both plaintiffs in a variety of news outlets, including the Los Angeles Times. If anyone wants to read them, you should know they are incredibly graphic. We will report any new developments in this ongoing story. Up next in Bachelor Nation news is a sad one. This is more of a let's go than a, you know, let's go. 
The ultimate Viking and his final rose rejecter, Susie Evans, have called it quits. The couple rekindled their romance after the disastrous end to Bachelor season 26. But now, six months later, it is over. In a joint statement, the defunct couple wrote, With incredibly heavy hearts, we wanted to share that we have decided to go our separate ways. For anyone who has ever loved, knows this was painful, knows this was a painful decision to make, and not one taken lightly. We understand that there will likely be a lot of questions about this decision. Social media is definitely a highlight reel, and much of our experiences together we have kept private, as I'm sure most can understand. But we will share this. Although this last year together has brought us so much joy and so many laughs, there has also been a significant amount of pain. We know no healthy relationship comes without its struggles, but we've realized that we were not prepared for the external forces that hindered our ability to not only (laughs) heal as individuals, but also as a couple. External forces, you say? We both are focused on continuing to work on ourselves so we can be the best versions of ourselves. This is not an easy time for either of us, but we stand in support of each other and hope to see the other go on to find happiness and healing. Although Clacy is no more, we hope that our communities can support us individually as we move forward with love and respect for each other. Thank you to all of you that supported our relationship. It means so much more than you will ever know. Heart emoji. Before I go on external forces. I know. The news comes... One month after the twosome revealed they were moving to separate states, with Clayton returning to Arizona and Susie moving to Los Angeles after they lived together in her native Virginia Beach. We thank the Ultimate Viking and Susie Evans for their groundbreaking contributions to couples' parasocial plays they've made over the past six months, including all the pizza reviews. And we wish them well on their individual journeys through this mysterious existence we call life. I do have to say, I uh, had a plan, actually. Um, with Susie and Clayton to do a pizza review at what oh. I consider New York's best pizza scars the next time they came to New York. And so I guess that's not happening. But we were supposed to well, all three do a pizza review together. Maybe you can do individual pizza reviews with them. But I, uh, I am interested in the external forces oh, piece yeah. of their comment. That is obviously a dig at the show, a dig at the producers um, who essentially turned them both into persona non grata as soon as that season ended because it was, again, disastrous and Clayton had to be presented as a villain, which means he cannot have happiness in our beloved game, at least not officially. And so I can only assume that those external forces they're talking about are exactly that. The producers fucking them over completely. And for a show that claims to be about helping people find love, when <laughs> there are two people who come out of the process, like Susie and Clayton did, and they're seemingly in a good relationship, why not help foster that? Why not celebrate that? That's still a win for the show. Absolutely. Like, they can claim them as a couple that came from the show, even though they tried to destroy them while the show was going on. But it's just, I mean, they could have, I don't know, paid for therapy or uh, done something. Or given them $200,000 for a house. That's true. Speaking of couples <laughs> damaged by our beloved game. Up next in Bachelor Nation <laughs> News, Bachelor Season 24 lead Popeye Peter Weber and his on-again, off-again, fifth-place finisher Kelly Flanagan are... On again. The former Bachelor and the attorney rekindled their romance this summer and have been spending a lot of time together since then, an insider told Us Weekly. And the two have been planning fun dates and reconnecting. Weber is reported as expressing his desire to be in a serious, committed relationship now, and his feelings for Kelly never went away. We couldn't be happier for Popeye and Kelly, and we wish them well as they venture into their third attempt at a relationship. (laughs) 
Speaking of couples within the nation, Maddie Prue continues her unrelenting march toward billionaire status with Christian fiancé Grant Trizzy Trout with an engagement party this past weekend. The party took place in The Source with family and friends to help them celebrate the occasion. Sharing photos from the event on Instagram, The Bachelor alum included a glimpse at the decor featuring a luxury installation crafted by Balloons by Courtney. The couple also (laughs) sweetly packed on PDA as they posed in front of the many balloons and a sign featuring the first letter of their names. You and me forever, heart emoji. Pruitt captioned the Instagram posts. Congrats to the Trizzies. We can't wait to see where this union winds up, likely in a giant trout Pruitt ministry megachurch that takes up 17 square blocks of some location in or around the source Dallas, Texas. And finally, in Bachelor Nation news, a massive congratulations goes out to season 17 ninth place finisher Sarah Heron. Her very public fertility journey has resulted in pregnancy. It's still very early, and I know many families prefer to keep pregnancy private until after the first trimester, but I have shared my entire fertility journey since day one, the former Bachelor contestant told Us Weekly. One of the blessings of IVF is the support I have gained by being transparent about the process. Heron and her fiancé, Dylan Brown are expecting the new addition to their family to arrive in May of 2023. Once again, huge congratulations yes. go out to Sarah Heron. This is a, a massive success, and uh, hopefully it's the, the start of the next chapter of your life. Yes. And now, let's move on to all those plays that our favorite players are making off the field in the metaverse, on their cellular telephones, on their computronic devices. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. It looks like covert surveillance footage taken by Stylecaster spotted grocery store Joe catching a case of the sleepies at a New York Fashion Week runway show in a TikTok that now has 467k views and 39.9k likes. Love to see a good grocery store nodding off video. God (laughs) damn it, this was funny. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Yes. Rachel Lindsay also has some fantastic parasocial play this week. She called out the franchise on Instagram for not addressing Eric Schwartz's blackface. On the Instagram story post, she wrote, Sigh, somebody has to say it. This is the picture they should have posted and addressed tonight in the finale instead instead of the text from the ex. They really missed the mark on a necessary and important conversation that was intentionally not conveyed. This was an opportunity for at Eric Schwer to put action to this Instagram post rather than hide behind it. Unfortunately, not all of us can hide in the same way when we are so highly offended by it. And she has with that caption, a, an image of the Eric Schwer blackface photo in question. A bunch of players are speaking out about how the franchise handled the blackface controversy, including Michelle Young, Thomas Jacobs, and Mike Johnson. We are going to go through many of their statements in the next Digging Deeper. That will be out Monday because most of these statements were on various podcasts. Yes. Um, Next up, in an Instagram Q&A, someone asked Golden Boy Sean Lowe, did you actually think The Bachelor would help you find your wife before it started? He responded, I didn't. Just thought it'd be a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and a chance to travel the world. We love this rare moment of honesty slash tea from the Golden Boy. Ethan Kang, a.k.a. King Kang, 
stands by his baby-backed bitch comment after the finale of The Bachelorette with an Instagram story post of him throwing up the peace sign that says, told you so, shrugging emoji, laughing, crying emoji, hashtag BBB, microphone emoji <laughs> drop, period, I apostrophe M-O-U-T, period. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> sorry. Catherine Lowe posted a throwback reel of her intro video that never aired during Sean Lowe's season. She captioned it, 10 years ago, my life completely changed. The reel has 49,000 likes and 797K views. Caitlin Bristow made an incredible parasocial play this week. She took to her Instagram stories to give her take on the next Bachelor. In the short video, she says, I want to say something. And I don't want it to feel mean. Anytime you say something like that, you're about to say something mean. We know this. It's going to be mean. <laughs> yeah. She says, I'm sure Zach is actually, you know, I know he's lovely. His family's lovely. I met them last night. I'm always rooting for people to find love and happiness, but nobody asks for him to be the bachelor. I mean, I just don't know about this choice again. I'm not trying to be mean, but judging from his interactions with these women last night, she's talking about after the final rose. I'm like, it's a no from me, dog. Now, this shit is fucking brutal. I'm sorry. This. this is fucking brutal. I get that you can have your opinions as a fan of the show and stuff. She was there. She was in the Council of Fucking Crowns talking to all the fucking players. She saw Zach Shawcross's announcement, and she's like, this ain't the fucking guy. This is not a good sign for the current producers, in my opinion. Clues. This is a woman of the people speaking truth, speaking what we're all thinking. We don't want Zach Shawcross. Would Nick Vial ever? No. Would Nick Vial ever what? Shit on a lead? I'll point you back to season 26. <laughs> That's true. Never mind. I know he's slow to make judgments, but once he makes them. Yes, very, very slow. But I I, I do got to say, I think this is the first time we've ever seen a lead, like just from the announcement of another lead, shit on the, the upcoming lead. Like this is pretty rare. No, I think. Vial did it too with with Clayton. After okay. he was announced, I think he was like, I don't know, I just got, I don't, I, you know, you know, I just sometimes you pick a bastard and it's not what the people want, you know. Not that wasn't what the happened for me. People would really want yeah. someone more like me, not yeah. yeah. When you announce me as bachelor, <laughs> people are in the streets celebrating. Everybody loved that. Everybody oh, loved people it. People were in I the streets, Nick. Oh yeah. <laughs> There were a bunch of parties. I remember every major city had a big party downtown. Oh, Nick Vial uh, Bachelor. I it was downtown, it. too. Ooh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Next up, <laughs> Logan Palmer made his TikTok debut with a funny video of him making fun of the lace loose slip up on the premiere of Bachelor in Paradise. The TikTok has 28.7K likes and 441K views. And sad dad, Michael Olio, <laughs> cringes at all the creepy things he said on Paradise in a new TikTok where he shakes his head in shame and then shows the clips of him saying youthful and energetic from the premiere of Paradise. The TikTok currently has 126.4K views and 9K likes. But there can only be one winner, or in this case, three winners. Caitlin Bristow, Becca Kufrin, and Michelle Young made a TikTok at After the Final Rose reacting to... Ch to Tino cheating on Rachel with the song Sensual Seduction by Snoop Dogg playing. In it, Becca Kufrin stares at the camera with the caption, should we kick his ass? Then it goes to Caitlin who shrugs with the caption, I mean, I work out. 
And lastly, Michelle Young gives a confused look to the camera with the caption, I'm still trying to take the high road, and ends with all three of them zipping their lips in unison with the caption, let's just keep our mouths shut and meet him out back after the show. The TikTok has 62.2K likes and 809K views. I love to see this because the show has brought them together. The producers have said, you're going to be the Council of Crowns or whatever, the Secondary Council of Crowns under Emperor Lowe. But nonetheless, this grouping of three former crowns has never been seen before. A Bristow Kufrin, Michelle Young triumvirate. And here they're taking that thing that producers have made and saying, look, we can still do it ourselves too. They're lending further fuel to the possibility that like, maybe this is something. Is this going to be a podcast? What the fuck is this? I like seeing all three of them together. I think it's a very interesting trio. I do too. I, I, I love this play. And they also throughout the night were like posting selfies together and they were doing TikToks on each other's channels and stuff. So I, I really liked seeing them together too. I was like, this is interesting. And in addition to these human beings, we have some creatures to talk about in the parasocial sphere. Of course, there are some massive plays made here. Amanda Stanton's pup, George, knew all the tea in a post that Stanton made. The Dark Lord and his beast performed an intoxicating parasocial gaze. Peter Popeye Weber and his pup, Trip went apartment hunting in New York City. But the parasocial creature of the week this week goes to Jason Alabaster's new foster pup, Chase. Jason showed off Chase in his Instagram stories who he's fostering with the Wags and Walks Foundation. It's one of the most reputable adoption agencies in Los Angeles. Good job, Chase. And good job, Jason. Congrats on this parasocial creature. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now head to toe dressed in Quince. I got their shirts. I got their pants. I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14-karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. (laughs) I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses we're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer it's a great time of year it's a time for renewal for me that means reconnecting with friends and family i haven't seen for a while and when i do i want to make sure i have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with that's why first leaf is a great option. 
As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details the week now we've come to that time in our program where dark seeker and i are going to descend into our home at the bottom of the pit and let its dark energies flow through our bodies as we scream this is screams from the pit my scream this week has to do with Digging Deeper episodes. As you guys know, I listen to um, an ungodly amount of Bachelor Nation podcasts each week on two times speed and get the juiciest tids from all these podcasts and cut them so that Pace Case and Bachelor Clues can react to them. And obviously part of listening to podcasts from Bachelor Nation is listening to a lot of the Vial files. And, you know, listen... He's had some interesting interviews over the years. Um, you know, sometimes I will honestly say this. I do like some of his advice that he's given on Ask Nick. I will give him that. Like, he's actually given some pretty solid advice. And Can you tell me one piece of advice that he has given <laughs> that you were like, now that is some fucking wisdom. <laughs> okay, well, it's it's more of like I was down at a certain time about like a guy or whatever. And uh-huh. I was like... I was basically grasping at straws, but I wouldn't let myself realize <laughs> okay. that. Listen. Okay. The, the picture is becoming a little clearer <laughs> now about his, in quotes, good advice. Just, he basically was just like, listen, if they're not doing X, Y, and Z, 
what are you doing? Like you're wasting. I think it was just right time, you know, right place, right time. But it it did help. Okay. But anyways, so I have to listen to a lot of vile files and I have started to just really over the past few months get sick of Nick Vile, believe it or not. I know I I didn't want to break it to you like this, but yeah, I've been getting sick of Mr. Vial. And the other uh, week, I was chatting on the telephone with Stefan Lovegrove, um, and he has now injected new life into my listening of The Vile Files. And he basically life coached me into liking the vile files again. <laughs> and I literally watched you. He, but it it is okay. I'm I'm gonna try and explain this to you guys. And I think a lot of you will understand it. But Stefan kind of presented presented it to me like this. For example, on a recent Vile Files episode, uh Nick said. Bachelor people are often very aware of their brand and how they are perceived by the audience. The translation is, I am very aware of my brand and how I am perceived by the audience, even though I constantly claim not to be bothered. It's so, when you just switch it, it's like, oh my gosh, he is spilling so much tea about himself. Like, it is actually insane. I think all of the dating advice he gives about like when guys are shitty or I think it's things he's done. And I, I don't know why I never like put it together until Stefan, but like it, it really is like, oh my gosh. But even just the being a shitty dater that he's kind of revealing about himself, his um, co-host slash producers, the two girls, they talk a lot more now. And so they push back on a lot of things Nick says, which leads him to revealing even more gems. Like now I'm convinced he has a Finsta where he 1000% follows you, us, all these what? people. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know Stephen, no, 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 no. Stefan convinced me too. He's like, he, <laughs> no. This is I some s- conspiracy town shit. I know. I mean, <laughs> does Nick Mayo have a Finsta? Probably. Is he following us and looking at my fucking memes and shit? I think no. I think probably not. You're telling me the guy who is, he is so aware of his image. And I mean, he calls people whenever they're making bad comments, like a mob yeah. boss. And he's like, you really want to be doing that to right. the family? Yeah, I say take that post down. It's like, dude, like he, he, there's no way he does not know about you, your memes, how much you love him. You literally call him the goat. Of course, he's going to be into that, but he's going to be. He is. It's not that I'm calling him the goat. He's the greatest player who has ever played the game. There is no way to argue against this. And he loves himself. And he would love to hear your takes on him. I have no doubt about it. Set it up. So- <laughs> Nick Vial, if you're listening right now from your Finsta, from I'm your- happy to come on and, and lavish praise upon you for all of the play that you made during your years in the game. Nick, if you're listening, you give really good advice sometimes. And I just wanted to thank you for that. No, but... Seriously, I never thought I would say this phrase, but I now look forward to new Vial Files episodes um, because of this new lens. Never thought you'd say the phrase. What I never thought I would say, I now look forward to Vial 
files episodes coming out. It's one of the only things that I regularly look forward to in this life. It's like <laughs> that and trying to sleep every night. I do like the... <laughs> and Trizzy Trout. Yeah, and Trizzy Trout. There's like 20 minutes where I slide into bed at night and I kind of like convince myself like tonight's the night you're going to be able to fall asleep real easy and and stay asleep for the whole night. Those 20 minutes, I look forward to those. The lie I tell myself each night. Oh, dear. But I love this scream. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I like that you like vial files again, that you found some new lens to, to see them through. I guess I'm a vial filer or I don't know what he calls his fans. Very early on, I I did a thing where I I think one of our first digging deepers was recutting and going through an interview that Reality Steve did on the Vial Files when he went on Vial Files. And I remember within like it was the first real whole episode of Vial Files that I think I had listened to like front to back. Yeah. And I just remember all of his gurgles and <coughs> and I cut a bunch of them together. And from that moment on, I loved his podcast absolutely loved it i'll never ever get tired of it i do wonder what kind of like if these statements that he says are actually the inverse of what he's saying about himself i do wonder what the gurgles mean what's the inverse of a gurgle in his world because he does it so much i feel like it has to mean something the gurgles for him i think are time maneuverings it's to give him a little bit of time a couple of seconds to think of what he's going to say next because everything he does is like extremely calculated. So there's never a genuine conversation had on his show. It's always calculated in some way. But I love this scream. I thank you for it. My scream is slightly different. Okay. This week I had a hollowness in my soul, even though souls don't exist. There was a piece of me missing. There was something nagging at me. Some emptiness, some void. And I realized as the first episode of Bachelor in Paradise season eight concluded that I missed grocery store. Stop. Yes. I, you know what I think of grocery store where he stands in the saucers. I don't know this man personally. And I think he's obviously a good businessman. He's selling multiple products. He has a million Instagram followers. He's an official Bachelor Nation podcast host. He's making his fucking money. I begrudge no one that ever for whatever Mm -hmm. you got to do to get it. But I will just say this. He is on the other side of the sauce wars from Game of Roses and from many of the podcasts that reveal the truth about uh, the nature of our beloved game. For that, it is difficult for me to say this, but I do miss him now on Paradise. There was something about Paradise Season 7, having the official Bachelor Nation podcast host, having people like Grocery Store, Tier, Demi, Becca Kufrin, these like heavy hitters from past eras that made that season infinitely watchable, but especially Grocery Store, because he did so much in that season. He came in as an official Bachelor Nation podcast host, protected player. He became their hatchet man when they said, you got to run Alana Milne and Chris Conner off the beach. He fucking did it. When they said, you got to run... Brandon Piper or uh, Brandon Marais and Piper James off the beach. He fucking did it. Then they set him up with uh, Serena and they're obviously engaged now. They made him stand uh, to face the wrath of Kendall Law, supposedly not knowing that he was about to propose. In 10 yeah, minutes. supposedly. Well, we'll never know the truth of that. That's what she claims. But there is something about grocery store. Whatever you believe of him to be true regarding the sauce wars and, and what he does on clickbait. 
There is something about grocery store that thrives in paradise, that brings a new life to paradise. And it was not in this season. Now, I'm not saying there are not other players who can bring other things to it, but I just found myself missing grocery store on sand, something I never thought I would say in a million fucking years. But uh, I miss you, grocery store, if you're listening to this. I miss you. I miss you, bro. I miss you. And that's where I am with my screams from the pit. I'm now so deep into this thing that I, I have feelings of longing for grocery store himself. Thank you so much for sharing. My pleasure. And now we're going to move on to another scream. If you are in our Patreon, which you can get to by going to patreon.com slash Game of Roses, you will get access to our Discord, which is a growing community of people in the bottom of the pit talking about our beloved game and squirrels and aliens and Pokemon and all manner of strange things. But also you get access to a very special channel in that Discord where you can submit your own screams. They have to be an audio clip of one minute or under. We play the best ones here and we are about to do that now. This one comes to us from Leandra433. It comes with a photograph. The photograph is... Two people, I'm assuming one of these is Leandra433, standing next to the only tropical royale in the history of our game, Becca Kufrin. Let's play the scream now. Hey, Pitt. This is Leandra and Morgan. We're recording this in the car on our way home from a board on wine event hosted by Becca Kufrin, a.k.a. the only tropical royale. We were able to meet Becca and glimpse the big body trash can himself, Thomas. We can confirm that he is, in fact, very tall, but unfortunately, we didn't see him hit his head on anything. As part of the event, they gave out wine glasses and had an on-site engraver. As pit dwellers, we got our glasses engraved with 4TRR, which is also our weekly bar trivia team name, here for the right reasons. Included is a photo of us with the Tropical Royale herself and our 4TRR glasses. We also each bought a bottle of Bourdon to be enjoyed during next week's game. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. I mean, I I loved that. I loved every part of that. I'm in the picture. You can see the wine glasses. I'm zooming in. It's hard to make out the 4TRR. But moments like this for people like us who are <laughs> deep in the bottom of the fucking pit, when you get to stand side by side with a superstar fucking player at an event that has something to tangentially do with the game, a wine event, you get your glasses yes. engraved with 4TR. These are the fucking moments, at least for me, that I fucking live for. Getting to go to like Bachelor Live or meeting players at events or whatever. It's just so much fucking fun. And I'm glad that you guys got to do this. Um, and I, I truly think, you know, there's... At least when I began this podcast, there was some shame in my indulgence of the fandom of our beloved game. That dissipated after like six months of this podcast, obviously. Now I'm <laughs> writing books about it. I'm talking about missing GSJ. I have no shame about it anymore. But I, I love when people get to indulge in shit like this. And I think it's one of the coolest parts of our game is that the players, even superstars, like the only Tropical Royale back at Kufrin, they will do events like this where you get to just go and take selfies. And there aren't a lot of sports fandoms that are like that, where this is not, I would guess, like a big event where there's thousands of fucking people at it. It's probably a little smaller, a little more yeah. intimate. And it's like the people who are really there get to have these kind of like real personal interactions with people. And I find it truly fascinating. I can't congratulate you enough and thank you enough for the scream. And I hope that you get to drink 
tasty wine out of your Fortier wine glass for the rest of your days. I love that there there was an on-site engraver. If we ever have an event, can we please get an engraver on... Like, <laughs> yeah, but then we also got to figure out what they're engraving. I think we would need the, the materials for them to engrave as well. <laughs> Just big chunks of wood that we give out to everybody in the pit. Yeah. And then you can get anything you want engraved in it. I also like that we're getting a little bit of tea here that Becca Kufrin is doing events for board on sparkling wine. Why is that tea? Well, I'm always just curious to know how players are making their money, like what events are, are uh. paying them to go do things. And here, this is some kind of a wine brand, obviously. I don't know exactly what the details of this event were, but... She also, I believe, believe has or had a wine label herself, so... Oh, Kufrin did? Yeah, yeah. It was called, oh. uh, she did for like a hot minute. I And so I don't know if this is, is she allowed to do this? I guess, well, she's doing it. We, we got to have a gore wine brand. Sound off in the comments if you drink a gore wine yeah, or sparkling seltzer. But uh, thank you once again, Leandra, for sending this in. It is fantastic. Congratulations on meeting one of the greatest players who's ever lived. Becca Kufrin's in that conversation. Only Absolutely. Tropical Royale. Uh, really a fantastic, fantastic player. And at this point, kind of the the face of the game in many ways. Host yep. of an official Bachelor Nation podcast, the biggest one, or co-host, I should say, and host of Bachelor Live on stage. Uh, just always relevant. So congrats again on meeting this superstar and on your new 4TR wine glasses, which warms my heart. But thank you, everyone, for joining us today. That wraps up this week in Bachelor Nation. And we will be back on Monday with a brand new Digging Deeper. As we said, it's going to have a lot of clips from all these podcasts dealing with uh, a variety of different players' reactions to the ignoring of the blackface incident with Eric Schwer on After the Final Rose, dealing with people's reactions to what's happening on Paradise and a whole slew of other things. A lot of tea, a lot of sauce. As always, the sauce wars are escalating, so we hope you'll join us for that. But before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,494 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 